0: I guess still February morning and uh, we're, we're winding our way through winter here, almost, almost to spring. Uh, well, it's uh, my privilege today to introduce uh, Rob and Jesse Turner. Uh, many of you know that our church is part of a larger association of churches called uh, the Evangelical Free Church of America. There's about 1,500 churches nationwide that are part of this association. And uh, Rob and Jesse are part of a church in Connecticut. Uh, so I serve as the district superintendent for the New England district of the Evangelical Free Church and had the privilege of uh, knowing Rob and Jesse for quite some time. Uh, Rob and I served on the board of, uh, of, N- of NIDA for a while and Jesse yes. now serves on the board. And uh, Rob is pastor of Bridgeport Bible Fellowship. And uh, Rob and Jesse together also uh, run a ministry called I Care. And so I invited them to come today both to share about their ministry, and then Rob is also gonna uh, preach this morning and uh, share God's word with us. Uh, But this is just a wonderful opportunity for us to be connected more broadly uh, in the body of Christ. Um, You know, God needs more than just this one local church to accomplish his mission uh, in New England, and so we wanna be aware about what God is doing uh, in our region. So uh, Rob and Jesse, thanks for uh, being with with us today. I'd love to get a chance to uh, get to know you a little bit better so uh, just kind of start first by having you share a little bit uh, kind of about yourselves, your family, your background. Uh, share with us about yourself.
1: Well, I'm Robert, as you've heard, and it's my lovely wife, Jessie Turner. And uh, we uh, have eight children, and they reside in, in uh, Missouri, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and New Haven, Connecticut, and Bridgeport, Connecticut. And let's see, uh, grandchildren. It's The number is ten.
2: Yeah, ten. Ten. And
1: and and for great grandchildren, there's another three. Three, right? Got that number right? (laughs) (laughs) Trying to keep track, and they're also spread all around. Um, So, and we live in Bridgeport. And uh, what else should we say about ourselves? We love each other, and (laughs) we
2: we're believers. And
1: we love the Lord. And we love the Lord. Yeah, amen.
0: Well, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the history of Bridgeport Bible
1: Fellowship. Bridgeport Bible Fellowship, we began in 2004, but let me share, can I share a little bit about Bridgeport itself? Yeah, please do. I yeah. have this slide, could you back up here? Yeah, this, Bridgeport is the largest city in Bridgeport. It's mm-hmm. roughly, uh, in, in Connecticut, largest city in Bridgeport. Largest city <laughs> in Connecticut. We, uh, we're looking at 150,000 roughly in population and quite frankly, of that 150,000, that's in population. How many do you have here in, in uh, Dover? We're about 30,000.
0: 32. So I, I guess 32. you would say
1: we're a little larger than you are. <laughs> so, uh, but there's. I just wanted to tell you about the, the dynamics. Uh, we're about an hour, 15 minutes, if, if you drive, from downtown Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So that we're very close uh, to New York City. Um, 68 of the percent, 68% of the households in Bridgeport do not even have enough income to meet basic needs. So we're really, really um, a community that, that is uh, not just at poverty level, but those who are struggling above poverty level just to meet basic needs. Um, the unemployment averaged 9.3% before uh, COVID. That um, unemployment number has really dropped significantly. However, the uh, income levels are, are, are very low, yeah. more service-related kind of jobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, the violent crime rate is is pretty high. It's uh, the highest in the state. Um, and also, our, the cost of the living is about 31% higher than the average uh, city. Uh, so we're really in the... Uh, Interesting dynamic there of a, of a, of a locality the uh, racial dynamics has changed the um, African American uh, community is thirty four point seven percent the Caucasian community is Thirty four percent the Latino Hispanic community Latinx uh, Latinx is my yeah. saying that right yeah. Hispanic community has is, has increased to forty one point seven percent so we are um, we are a city in Bridgeport uh, that uh, really has a lot of needs
2: and a lot of transition is happening in the last 10 in the last 10 years both pre and post COVID as well a lot of opportunities
1: for sure, yeah. for sure. so as it relates to the to the church if we can go to the next slide our mission is to love God love people as followers of Jesus Christ we're committed to share uh, Christ our vision is we believe that every believer, every believer, should be committed to spiritual growth and a mission of Christ that is manifested in our maturing faith and our love for others. So that's our basically our mission and vision of the church. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. So um, the church began in my home in 2003 as a Nita Church plant, and the church plant moved from my house uh, to a uh, local school on the North End in june of 2004 and as a result of a, of the new church church plant going door-to-door ministry um, how can we pray for you uh any felt needs etc we launched what was the inception of eye care ministry and we ministered and held church services uh, from this local school for 11 years until july of 2015. in july of 2015 our church relocated to the west side of Bridgeport in a small shared church to an afternoon 2 p.m. service. Uh, it was an area of a high crime rate and drugs and people trafficked, you know, high people trafficking area. Uh, we encountered uh, people who had struggles with also with all kinds of mental health issues. So we had our challenges. Would you say? So in this new community, it was Bridgeport Bible Fellowship Church, we call it BBFCs, a fresh opportunity to engage differently in the needs of the community than what we were doing previously. So that was indeed a, a challenge for us. So with the goal of reaching the unchurched while continuing to go door to door in this new community brought in new challenges. So we also experienced in the transition we lost many of our church members. Uh, however, we gained people from the community, people would walk in off the streets, ask questions, we would answer the questions, they'd listen to the messages, and they would ask for prayer. We did reopen in COVID, because COVID had an in, impact on us. We A major did, impact on
2: our community.
1: We, 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 yeah. we, we, I mean, it just just kind of wiped us. So we reopened in COVID, but found that many of the poverty level community, interesting, were relocated during the pandemic.
2: Yeah, they were were relocated.
1: I don't know if you realize this, but in a lot of urban areas, the hotels were shut down. So they took a lot of the homeless and the people were in poverty and put them in hotels.
2: And put them in hotels over there. So
1: there was kind of, people were relocated right out of the community, right out of the city. It's been a holy and authentic struggle, however. <laughs> we vision and our next, and, and, and our next move as a brand new opportunity. So to connect people to Jesus Christ is what our key is in the community. And to, to have a fresh start to rebuild, equip, and develop followers of Christ and continue to serve as the hands and feet feet of Jesus in a dark time yeah. I, I don't want to go too too <laughs> far but yeah. you know I just want you to know we also have that scripture where the scripture says you should love the Lord your God with all your heart mind and soul you know so that's that's our focus
0: yeah. right. that's yeah. great well I appreciate uh, you know, the work that's been done in the church but also a pretty significant part of your work in Bridgeport mm-hmm. is through Eye care yeah. And yes. uh, I, I know that over the past uh, few years, that ministry has really uh, changed and expanded and God's worked powerfully. So I'd love to hear more um, about that ministry in particular.
2: I, well, let me just jump in here. Sure. Um, Care originally started when I showed up in Bridgeport, Connecticut 12 years ago. It was more of door-to-door, um, how can we pray for you, what's the felt needs. So we began to sense once we transitioned out of the local school that we were worshiping in, we sensed that, okay, there's something more. There's a piece that's missing. You know, we have the gospel of Jesus Christ and then, is that it? Well we know that's enough, but then how do we help people or serve people in a way that um, can bring a wholeness to um, some of the challenges that are happening in their lives? So we. Um, my background had been um, in human resources, and I had led a biblically based job training program out of St. Louis, Missouri. And we talked about it and said, Hey, let's, um, let's bring some education, let's bring some training, and then let's um, renew and reengage serving. So, in the transition of the church, eye care ministry transitioned as well, and it became eye care outreach. And we developed a uh, purpose that we wanted to live by, and a, and a mission and a vision that we wanted to um, put out in the community um, and let people know that um, God is about rebuilding. Yes. He's about rebuilding a community of people. So it was it, it was an ex- it is an exciting, growing, maturing opportunity um, for not just. I Care Outreach, um, but also for the participants. Y- you want to talk a little bit more about how God is just how He is just um, using us in the context of this education and training.
1: Sure, sure. Um, uh, we we have financial classes where we um, really it's anchored in a biblical perspective and seeing okay God has created us to add value and. He, he wants to grow us in our finances and how we use money and relationships, because mm-hmm. quite frankly, the two are associated. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> so um, we really have, um, we find that many, many folks, many of us are raised and we don't get the financial kind of management perspective at all. So we really help people to understand that God has created us to add value into the world. And one of the way that he wants us to use work uh in his kingdom is through our money and relationships so we really really sh- go through a whole cadre of uh, 12 12 classes and uh in addition to that we do a job readiness class where we begin uh, we start right where genesis right where god put adam and eve right to work and he didn't say he had to go get a phd and go get a, a certification he put them right to work. So God created us to, to work and to add value in the world. So, and we talked about the effects of the fall and how that gets us right off track from what God's purpose is in his plan, but he, he created us all to work to add value to the world. So we begin from that kind of perspective and we also deal with overcoming what are obstacles in terms of working. Now, so many people are trying to find jobs and it's hard to find jobs in, and also a, what it is to have a living wage. So we really go through sharpening skills, right. uh, talk about character development, as well as what, um, we how to prepare for an inter- interview. My right. wife really helps with resume building and this sort of a thing, and, and we engage people. And we also do 60-second commercials where they have to do a 60-second commercial of themselves, and, and we seek to connect them in, in the um, Employed with, with others who are employable and, and other agencies. We come alongside and work with others. We especially work with those who are in reentry and recovery and that's, that, that's key to refocus back in life. In addition to that, um, we're offering some life practices character, uh, class which we deal with boundaries and looking at just life and some of the challenges of life and we're gonna be introducing a new uh, uh, Course curriculum dealing with uh, trauma-informed mind and yeah. soul care, yeah. because a lot of folks have experienced trauma. All mm. of us have experienced some kind of trauma uh, from early life, and some of those are unaddressed at all. So, right. we're, but we're not trying to go deep, deep, deep into a trauma counseling, but we're we, but we want to be because we do. We've done an exercise in the past in our work life class, in our uh, job readiness class, where we we do life stories and we. We kind of do peg through the life stories, significant points and people in our lives up to our point, And then we kind of look back and we say, hey, look, we gotta overcome the obstacles and realize, hey, I'm gonna take an active role in writing the rest part of my life story. And that's so. the
2: beauty of it. And we are also partnering with other organizations. So as Eye care Outreach is working within organizations that have, um, clients that are in recovery or working at uh, coming out of probation and parole, um, experience homeless in the shelter life type of situation. Um, you can see that there's all kind of trauma in those spaces. So it's very difficult to build a job readiness and to d- effectively be able to implement, and have the success or the outcomes that you're looking for without addressing some of the challenges that are going on in folks' life. So we have you know, brought in, we're bringing in other um, tools, you know, counseling tools that we're, we don't find ourselves as the be-all, end-all, but we find ourselves as a part of it in a co-learning environment. Yes. That, hey, we may open up the box, but we sure got somewhere you can take the box and you can work it out. So, yeah, so it's, it's a tremendous blessing to be in that opportunity to walk with people um, and to just to see from the beginning to the end, and they are rewriting their story um, and, being, and being a part of that journey, yeah. of that, uh, the journey line of their story. Yeah,
1: and, and, and it's key because she mentioned the word co uh, learning. Um, our approach is basically a life on life co learning yeah. uh, uh, approach. In other words, um, the classes that we have, we don't stand there and lecture. We're not doing Bible study, but we extract biblical principles, and then we, okay, how do we apply the scripture in our life? And then we have discussions, and, and we break into groups, and, 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 and there's, there's, there's a giving as well as receiving, mm-hmm. and we've learned so much dealing with uh, those who we serve. And, and also, too, it's important because we have other churches, we have volunteers that come alongside and help us in this ministry. And, and we say, um, we really don't want you to look at yourself as in the perspective of a volunteer. Look at yourself as a life giver. So we feel that life giving through Christ and allowing the Spirit of God to work. And, and as life givers, we can give to each other.
2: Amen. Yeah.
1: So we're thankful to God for what he's doing. Um, Also, too, in our eye care, we have have podcasts. So there's podcasts. I I do a podcast. And uh, we also have a newsletter. We we keep you informed as to what we're doing and what what our stories are in our classes. And we have graduation once they finish each class. We just celebrate what God is doing. And then we find um, that that, um, not everyone that comes has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So we have an opportunity, a great opportunity, to share the gospel in a different kind of way in which they can see how what God was God's plan is for their life and come to see what Christ has done. And we re- and our big theme is our reconciliation in our lives. And I let them know that whether it has been a drug abuse or alcohol or whatever, guess what? All of us are in recovery because of the fall and because of sin. Amen? Oh, I know I went, went over my time oh. there, but I just, I, 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 sometimes I get worked up.
0: <laughs> this is why we brought you here today. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> sharing. That's
1: yeah. great. So we're excited about what God has done. Uh, did we show that one slide? We had some pictures of some of us, in front, some of our yeah. graduates. and Oh, we have skits in our class. We act out. We do role playing. Yeah. They do the skits. Yeah. So we have a storyline that we continue throughout our classes, and they act it out. Yeah. And boy, do they act it out. <laughs> So we have, then we we have to uh, come up with Oscar winners.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I've been had the privilege of actually coming down and, and visiting with you guys yeah. in Bridgeport. You've been
1: to our training yes, center. Yes, I have.
0: Yeah. It's a wonderful spot, and right downtown in Bridgeport, uh, easy access for people. Yeah. And so I, I've been so thankful uh, for for your ministry there. And I, I'm going to share more in the newsletter this week. You know, there'll be a link uh, to their website, and so you can uh, get some more information about their ministry. And I really uh, encourage us to be. Uh, prayerful, to be praying uh, for this ministry, and to consider ways that we can come alongside uh, and support. There's um, opportunities to partner financially, and so we can also see that through their website. You can find out more uh, ways that you can give also. Uh, but we're, we're really thankful. And you if, you ever, if you
1: ever want to come down, you're welcome to come down. Come down.
2: <laughs> or passing through. <laughs>
1: On great. your way to New York. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, last question here. Well, how can we pray for you?
1: Go ahead, Jesse.
2: Our expansion, God has just given us. Um, He's given us a vision, and He's given us a mission to expand the ministry within Bridgeport, um, expanding it to um, reach a broader audience um, and to also enter into a space where um, it's there are people that are invisible that are women that are invisible, there are men that are invisible, and we are moving towards uh, potentially, and our, our goal is in the next, um, probably in the next year or couple of years, is move into a housing initiative.
1: We're, we also would like your prayer that other life givers will come alongside. Yeah. Uh, and and as and, and we really need um, business Uh, entre business people business companies to come alongside business owners to come alongside to look for for, so we can provide opportunities for internships as well as job training as well as employment opportunities in the community
0: that's great well let me pray for you and then I'll also uh, ask God's blessing on you as you're gonna gonna share the word with us all right okay would you join me in prayer Uh, Lord we are so thankful uh, for your love for us, and we're thankful for how uh, you've made us to be part of your family. And so thank you for uh, our brother and sister, for uh, Rob and for Jesse, for your grace work uh, in their lives, uh, bring them to faith in you, and now your grace work through their lives. And uh, Lord, we, we do pray uh, for the expansion of your work in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, we know that it's your desire uh, to, to fill this earth with your life and your mm. love. Mm. And uh, we, we long for the day uh, when Christ comes and uh, you know, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the mm. glory of God. Uh, but Lord, until that day, I pray that you would empower your church uh, to be um, filling uh, mm. the areas that we live in with your life and love. So Lord, I, I pray for new opportunities in Bridgeport that you would bring people to uh, I Care Outreach, uh, Lord, who are uh, hungry, Uh, for you who are in need, uh, whether they know it or not. Mm. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would work through this ministry uh, to address uh, both tangible needs uh, Mm. as well as spiritual needs. God, I also pray for more ministry partners, uh, other churches in the area. Um, I I pray that people would uh, sense the the rich opportunity here. Uh, Lord, I I remember hearing uh, one of my Uh, mentors uh, say that the harvest is so often in the margins Mm. of society. Mm. And so, Lord, we know um, that there's a lot of hurting people in the Bridgeport area. And so, God, I pray that you'd be providing uh, laborers for the harvest. And I pray uh, your rich blessing on Bridgeport Bible Fellowship, uh, Lord, and on Eye Care Outreach. And Lord, I pray for Rob as he shares with us now. Uh, Thank you for him. Please fill him with your spirit. I pray you'd speak through him to us. Give us ears to hear and hearts that are ready. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You good? Yeah. Okay. Can
1: go up? All right. I'll thank check. you. Thank you. Mm. The Lord is so good, is He not? I at first I want to I want to thank that worship team. It was such a, a uplifting and just a. Take it leading us to go before the presence of the Lord, and I just thank you uh, for for the worship. Is it Luke Luke and team? Thank you so much. Could we open up our Bibles, if you don't mind? We can look at uh, this text uh, out of Luke uh, chapter 12, um, the Gospel of Luke, Um, excuse me, uh, John gospel of John chapter 12 I want to go to verse uh, 23 Jesus says the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified verse 24 he says truly truly I say to you Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, He must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The word of God. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and Lord, may the word of my mouth be holy and acceptable in your sight. We live in some interesting times, would you say? in the middle of a difficult transition or a difficult season, shall I say, sometimes standing still is the best you can do until the father again blows the winds signaling to his children the beginning of a fresh start. Let me say that again. In the middle of a difficult transition, and we've been through some difficult transitions these past few years, have we not? Or a difficult season. Sometimes standing still is the best you can do until the father again blows the winds signaling to his children the beginning of a fresh start how many in the house are there ready for a fresh start <laughs> all right I, I, I you know I come from a
2: <laughs> Baptist
1: kind of background where we kind of talk back and forth <laughs> I just want to uh, share with you uh, this message today is about a life-giving church and I, and I didn't come to tell you what a life-giving church is supposed to be I mean it's, it's organic and there's something that grows and I love what God is doing here but as the church I'm talking about the body of Christ and we think about the church in the United States as the church enters into this post-pandemic 21st century promised land season we clearly find it is no small task this looks well this gathering here being in this room and being here with the Be Free Dover. I mean, you all look like you're living free. I I notice the New Hampshire sign says, Be Free and Die. Well, we're gonna talk about die in this scripture, (laughs) but we wanna be free in Christ, but it's no small task to live out what God has called us to, to do. Just like Nehemiah saw, when I think about Nehemiah, did podcast series in Nehemiah. When Nehemiah saw that there were heaps of burned ruins that required great leadership and, and great unity to move forward, so it is today. So it is for the church today with all the attacks and all of the assaults and all of the messiness amongst we the people of god the biggest hurdle the 21st century church faces today is overcoming their status quo programs and human ideas that they thought worked before so i shared earlier on as i began in 2003 uh and we mentioned uh, sam mentioned we're part of the evangelical free church and all this so i was one who went to the free church church planting boot camp and i went to the boot camp and quite frankly i realized there were some contextual issues as relates to where god has called me because it just didn't fit the mold of the church plant and i knew that uh, you know not to call any names but rick warren was famous back then because of what rick warren has done or bill hybels has done uh but you you just can't Engage in programs and projects, and use your intellect of uh, ideas, and just engage in the work that God has called you to. You you, you need the spirit of God. You need God to lead you. So oftentimes, um, in our training, in our tra- in in the training of of church planters in doing church, you may get caught up in a program or some human ideas of how to do this and that may not be what God would want in the context in where he's called you to serve. The Lord will have his way to publicly show us. You think this would work? He has a way, as we engage in all our ideas and programs, he will have his way to publicly show us that they were not successful then and they will not bring success now. So i believe that dover church just like bridgeport bible fellowship and all the churches within the district sam are being challenged because you can't look at those things that you thought worked and think you're going to do them again the winds are here i mentioned about the father again blows the wind signaling to his children the beginning of a fresh start the winds are here, and no matter how big or how small the church building is, and how many seminary degrees the pastor has or does not have, <laughs> the religious system's foundation has proven to be sand. So we got to watch these religious systems, because if you get caught up in religious systems, you're going to find it's just sand. I, I don't. I'm sensing, looking at my past, that my ways and in my struggles and failures, either we as a people learn to hear the direct commands from the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, or we too will perish in the wilderness, just as the Israelites did. If we're really going to join this new, fresh start of our calling in our day. As a life-giving church then the body of Christ together needs to hear what the Spirit is saying to his church can I get an amen right there amen. the gospel of John chapter 12 comes to my mind Jesus shows up to the disciples and tells them my hour has come and unless a seed falls into the ground and dies it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. In the last 10, 15, 20 years, the church discussion on expanding the kingdom has been about church planting, Sam. There's very little material on church replanting or church revitalization. And if we don't start taking this conversation seriously, we'll miss a huge opportunity to help churches that have already been planted. Does that make sense? My own story illustrates the power of replanting. Would I be okay if we go and completely fall on our face? I thought a little bit about that and I think if God wants to be glorified through our failure, I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? It's been 10 years since Dover's been here, right? I mean, not Dover, but the the, the Be Free Dover. So some things will have to die from the past in order for God to do a fresh start. A church is a living organism is what I'm trying to get to. It's why Jesus and Paul used the natural language of seeds, planting, watering, and growing. And if it's a living organism, it has a life cycle. Am I right or wrong? Some churches are thriving and some are dying. You're witnessing that in, in this region also. The churches that thrive are the ones that function like movements. They're collaborative and they're a high level of trust, spontaneity, and creativity. They could be at different stages because in birth, you're getting started and you're attracting new people organic growth there's momentum generated and people gathered around the vision the church must move forward and work together serving the will of the lord as his effective life-giving body of believers in community so i come to speak as a pastor of bridgeport bible fellowship church and efca needed church plant of 2003 we could say that that A church revitalization effort or refresh is necessary. But truthfully speaking, we need to replant considering these changing times and what the Lord Jesus Christ desires in the city of Bridgeport where he has called me to serve. So I don't know how much discussion of this kind of matter of replant is going on in the district, but no i'm not ashamed of the gospel i realize we must refresh in our hopes our strategies and actions to advance the kingdom of god in relevant ways to the people in these times when replanting a church you have to be aware of what stage a church is at and know how they got there what were the past stages like how did it get to their current state finding this out will help a replanter determine which approach to take and that's like that board that you do the storyline same for this church under the direction of you pastor sam Huggard. i respect i respect him i love sam you all We, we we go back i respect him in his move to pull back on some needed district superintendent responsibilities and experience the toil and joy of pastoring a local church in this greater dover new hampshire community praise be to god praise be to god what needs to be done i am not in a maintenance mode so i'm not thinking about a refresh Rather, I must replant. Yes, I have learned that almost all churches need to refresh every, I mean, every five to seven years, no matter how well they are doing. Culture changes much faster than that. So when I look at Bridgeport, the culture has changed. Everything may seem fine, but when you assess the issues in the church and talk about them, Honestly, I'm learning more and more, you must be willing to make sure that changes and structures are put in place to refocus your efforts on reaching your target audience in the community, especially outsiders. A lot of churches, they're, they're struggling, they're surviving, and, but a lot of that focus is just on the inside and not the outside, beyond the walls of the church. continue continue to do what you always have done but that may not be the case so i also realize that if you're in the death stage don't be afraid to let the church die and replant it remember jesus words he says unless a seed falls into the ground and dies it remains alone so i should take the time to respect and remember the church history and take it in a new direction. Yes, if you're in a maintenance mode, reset the structure. If you're in a self-preservation mode, a self-preservation mode, reset the vision. But if in the death stage, you have to reset the identity. What is your identity in the community? So this must be in the discussion of our churches and modules in the New England district because when pastors implement these changes a dying New England church can begin to grow again so much of our church is changing around us for me I went into a city to plan a middle-class church where we're we going to do all of this that and the other for the poor well God said seek the welfare of the city that is the whole city including the poor and broken I was building a church, bringing in the suburbanites to keep maintenance going. And while doing so, so, the culture of the city of Bridgeport had and has been changing rapidly, ethnically, culturally, and economically, to say the least. Churches are on the decline all around us. Many just in a maintenance modality, but not impacting the community. Many people are now opting to attend the big regional mega churches where they are lost in the crowd. If our focus is to make disciples and impact the community, we must refresh and refocus on what the head of the church, Jesus Christ, wants us to do. Love our neighbors and share the love of Christ to the lost and forgotten. Amen? I've seen other church models where there is a disassembling of one culture while implementing a new one at the same time. Clarity, communication, and planning are important here. It requires openness about the goals and expectations of the new culture and how exactly it will be instituted. And what I have found is that when you when you're in a a town a city or a community where the culture has changed and you try to hold on to the old culture you've got to you you need the Spirit of God to lead you and to guide you because as you're trying to bring in the new culture you've got you it's gonna take the Lord is it, it, it make any sense to you see Bridgeport Hispanic corporate uh, population is now 47 percent It wasn't that before. See, Bridgeport was primarily uh, 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 more of of a white majority population with various different subgroups of ethnicity of white, you know. But and the African-American community was the second largest. Now the Hispanic, Bridgeport Hispanic population is the majority. It's 47%. The African American, I gave you the stats earlier, is 34.7 percent. White is 34. The city has increasingly become more and more Hispanic and African American in the past few years. So you, ha- and then in the Hispanic community or Latin, Latinx community, you have some are from Guatemala, Nicaragua, some from Puerto Rico, Dominica. We've got people from the islands, people from all over. The city of Bridgeport has a strong collection of churches that have lost their cultural identity over the past 20 and 30 years is what I'm trying to say to you. And many of those churches are struggling because they're not able to relate to the increasingly younger and ethnically diverse citizens in the city. It's good to see young folks here. You see, the times have changed. They're different than when I first arrived. It takes work, but I believe when a church is relaunched and in accordance with the way the Lord leads, it will be successfully relaunched. New people will come into its doors. New people will grow as disciples of Christ and become committed members of not just the church, but committed to the welfare of the whole city. It was a blessing to hear what you're doing for that woman that's in the wheelchair. To spread that kind of love and care, seeking the welfare, the, the shalom of the city, It's not just, well, peace be still, we're all getting along. No, people are in need here. Um, It takes work, but I believe God wants to use us as his ambassadors as life givers in the community, not just in the walls. This is is beautiful though in here. People are moved when they see a vision that inspires them to serve with their time, their talents, and their treasures. (laughs) Would you say we're gonna start Tuesday? We need if you got some time some time some treasures and some talents come on alongside and let's help this woman the words of jesus ring true when a seed dies it can produce much fruit i'm thankful for i care outreach but i know the lord has called his church as the body of christ his primary ob- operative to serve in community together to equip and make disciples in keeping the great commission of matthew 28 18 20. yes the para church should come alongside and work together with the church serving together to accomplish christ's mission and plan to seek the welfare of the city as jeremiah 29:7 would say i encourage and thank you for your support there must be a renewal spirit amongst the body of believers yes perhaps it is an alternative to revitalization But what is necessary as we see dying churches is a replanting of life-giving churches. He wants us to die of our ways so that he can birth new life and we can become, as his people, Dover Free Bridgeport Bible Fellowship Church and that the people of God will become life givers in community seeking the welfare of the city. John 12 comes to my mind when I was coming here. Jesus shows us, because you want to know about Bridgeport Bible Fellowship, I care outreach. I said, let me share with this church about myself and the journey that God has. And he says, my, my hour has come. You know, Jesus was preparing for his death. Unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces. Seed never produces grain until it falls into the ground and dies. The Lord Jesus here referred to himself as grain or kernel of wheat. If he did not die, he would abide alone. Now, when I say that, I mean, he would enjoy the glories of heaven by himself. There would be no saved sinners like you and I dare to share the glory with him. He didn't want to just be there by himself. Before he died, he would provide a way of salvation by which many might be saved. The likeness of the grain of wheat that is buried in the cold, and it's cold up here. (laughs) That's buried in the cold soil only to rise again multiplied for harvest is applicable to all believers in christ not just pastors and leaders until the seed is planted in the ground and dies it bears no fruit and it is and it is sacrificed it produces a large crop our cities our towns and communities need to see the life of christ christ in you and i they need to see the spiritual vitality of believers that is the experience of god manifested by the power of the spirit of christ jesus amen Amen. so we must follow our blessed lord himself by becoming a corn of wheat and dying. Then we shall bring forth much fruit as the body of Christ, his church. I confess, I repent of my sins as a pastor and leader in my community, not obeying God fully in these times. My soul welfare is so important to be an effective servant To be right with god thereby used by him to make an impact for his kingdom purposes in these days many may the lord forgive all of us where we have not yielded the whole of ourselves for his purposes many people think that the important things in life are food clothing and pleasure they live for these things but in this loving their lives they fail to realize that the soul is more important than the body by neglecting the soul's welfare welfare they lose their lives on the other hand there are those who count all things lost for christ to serve him they forego things highly prized around people these are the people who will keep their lives for eternal life To hate one's life means to love Christ more than one loves his own interests. And in this America Christian culture, I'm sad to report that many are so caught up in themselves that they're not doing what God has called us to do. We all must recommit ourselves to the gospel sharing grace of Jesus Christ to others and get on point to the mission and vision that comes from the Lord himself let us pray help us Lord forgive us Lord strengthen our heart our minds and souls to serve you and follow you may we obey your teachings and resemble you morally Lord strengthen us with your power the power through your spirit in our inner being in accordance with Ephesians 3.16. Help us all, Lord, to connect with people in our communities as your hands and feet with a fresh start to show your love, encouraging others to become followers of Jesus Christ. We need your protection, Master Jesus. All praise and honor to you, O Lord Jesus, and to God our Father in heaven. May we walk in our life-giving calling as the body of Christ and serve as you have so called us to. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. amen, amen, amen. Blessings to you in Christ's name.